Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Now, if you haven't checked out the Golf Clearance Outlet, then you, I can guarantee you this, are missing out. And if you have, well, you know what we're talking about. Great time to drop in because with all the new equipment released in January, good old Sam at the Golf Clearance Outlet is licking his lips because the stores are chock full of 2023 branded clearance product. And you know that was a hell of a year for golf equipment, Nick. You're spot on there, Mark. There's heaps of gear for righties, of course. But as you know, I am a lefty, so there's a heap of gear for lefties Mm. as well and plenty for both men and women. And... If you're after a great Prezi idea, you can get gift cards in-store or online. So if you're looking for great golf gear and great prices, the Golf Clearance Outlet needs to be in your plans to go and check it out. See the team in-store at Melbourne, Sydney, Brisbane and Perth or online golfclearanceoutlet.com.au. It's that simple, Nick. Can't wait. Hang on, hang on, Nick. I thought you were righty putting now. Oh, that's right. I forgot. (laughs) Well, it's mid-July, it's mid-winter, and it's week 29 of the golfing calendar. And today, we're live from the legendary Peter Thompson Room at the Australian Golf Centre, home of the PGA of Australia and Golf Australia. Now, now. now the hosts of Talk Birdie to me is Nick O'Hearn and Mark Allen. So I've been playing golf for 50 years, and it's a stupid, stupid game. A stupid game. Can I tell you why? Can I tell you why? Well, I'm impressed you've been playing for 50 years. Yeah, well, look, mum and dad were golfers and they gave me a little cut-down okay. club. And, yeah, yeah. <laughs> blah, 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 blah. So I've always had this image of Ben Hogan at impact in my head. It's the most beautiful impact position in the history of the game easily. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, Five Lessons of the Modern Game or whatever his book was, it's the most beautiful image in golf. We'll put it on our socials. That's how big it is. Dan, we'll do it. His left-footed impact was always dead flat. Dead flat. Mm -hmm. So in my head, ever since I read that book, so I started reading that book probably when I was 13 or 14 years old, I got given a copy. I've been trying to have a flat left foot. I could never do it. I could never do it my whole life. Anyway, what's been happening of late is that we've had these players called Jordan Spieth and Scotty Scheffler, and they have literally tap-dancing all over the place, (laughs) and their foot is anything but flat. Have you forgotten about your left foot now? So, how can I say this? I've always been back foot. My left foot at the change of direction always did a little heel shuffle in. All these things that I hated in the game, all because I was trying to have a flat left foot. So for some reason, I thought, stuff it. I'm going to have a Scheffler slash Spieth left foot from this point on. I played great on the weekend. I yep. hit the ball fantastic. 37 points. 37 points. You saw the score. I did. And I did putney good, like hopeless. I filmed it today. When I'm trying to keep all the weight on the left <laughs> side of my left foot, my left foot's flat. <laughs> my left foot is now flat. All those years, Nick, 
you know, you know when you hit the ball off the toe, the reason it starts out to the right and draws back is called the gear effect. I, I honestly think that it's like the George Costanza is golf. <laughs> the opposite for so many people will actually work. You know, people who think they're coming over the top, you put them on video, the club is always miles on the inside. Mm-hmm. It is it, it's, it is a strange, strange game. Did we talk about last week uh, feel and reality, right? Yeah, feel and real. Two completely different things. Can so go. now that you feel as though you're dancing all over the place, yep. your left foot is now stationary. Yep. Stable. Yep, and, I'm, and my hips don't stall, and I don't have an old man <laughs> left knee after impact. It's straightening. All these things that I've wanted for 20 years is because I gave up on the flat Ben Hogan impact position. You mentioned before that the book, we're in the library, the Peter Thompson room. Mm. Yeah, it'll be up there. It's got to be here. The yeah, five the, fundamentals of golf, right? The five modern fundamentals modern. of golf yep. will be up there. We'll have to have a look later. Well, mate, Lenny, could you, could you just run your eye through the bookcase <laughs> for us, please? By the way, uh, the reason Andrew Leonard is here is because you can find us on our YouTube channel. We're actually filming the show today. Mm. So um, if you want an eyeful, see what happens behind the scenes, jump on. What is it, Dan? Talk birdie to me. Uh, talk, yeah, it's all about the YouTube channel. Yeah, it's pretty, pretty yeah, simple. Okay. Yeah, there you go. Anyway, golf's a stupid game. Uh, but it's a much better game, I think, when you're playing on a Lynx golf course. Well, some, well, if you ask a lot of Americans, they think that is a stupid game. Yes, that, <laughs> they do. What was your experience with Lynx golf? Because I know you played hmm. a number of British Opens. How many did you play? I think I played six in yeah. total. Did I'm, you play lead-ups? I'm guessing. Lead-ups, as yeah, in... like Scottish or Irish Open well, or yeah. anything like that? The problem was the Scottish Open was always the week before, but we played at Loch Lomond, oh, and what? that's a completely American golf course. So, beautiful beautiful place, though, isn't it? Uh, Do you like it? certainly is. Yeah, loved it. There's a lot of a lot of mosquitoes around there, though. That's the only thing, because... Mosquitoes in Scotland? Oh, yeah, midges or whatever it is, you yeah, know, okay. that, those sorts of things. But I always played well at Loch Lomond, so I enjoyed it, but it was not great preparation for Lynx golf. However... Lynx golf was my cup of tea. I tell yeah, you, I yeah, loved yeah. it. Loved it. What did you like about it? Well, the biggest thing I found was you don't have to hit the perfect shot because you know it's not about playing the ball through mm. the air. It's about using the ground to your advantage. And I love to work the ball along the ground, whether it be draws, fades. Mm. And I would see slopes that, oh, I could use that one over there. Mm. I can bank it in off that. So it really tapped into my creative instincts which was ideal for the way I played the game. Yeah. If it was just more point A to point B, I was, a, I was solid at it, but yeah. I would rather tap into different shots and different uh, parts of my game that mm. you normally would never use on a, on a typical American golf course, for example. So, uh, and then the other thing was I loved the wind. Growing up in Perth, one of the most windiest cities yeah. in the world, you had to learn how to flight the ball, change trajectories, and the harder it got, the better I played. The reason I loved it is because of the honest bounce Mm. So, uh, if you've never played links golf before, a real links golf course, it's the same grass from the tees to the fairways to the greens to the surrounds to the rough. It's it's actually the same grass everywhere. So, if your ball lands ten foot short of the green, it won't be the same bounce as the green, but it'll be really really close to it. And I, I always call it an honest bounce. Yeah. And coming from the sand belt uh, where I grew, grew up, if you landed just short, quite often the ball wouldn't pop onto the green it would finish way short and then you know in the, when the greens were really really hard during tournaments you could land the ball at Royal Melbourne for instance six foot on the front of the green six foot on and the ball would go all the way to the back you know I wasn't Ernie Els and yeah. I wasn't Tiger you know I, I wasn't bringing down these eight irons from the clouds 
I was doing my best to mm. land it on the front of the green. Yeah. So I felt with the honest bounce of Liggs Golf, you could you could you didn't have to land six foot on the green to mm. get it close to the hole. And I love that about playing over there. So one thing I learned early on was from actually watching uh, the way Nick Faldo used to play British Opens and and on Links Golf Course, and he used to talk about it. He would actually chart because normally you know when you go to a golf course for the first time or you're playing Lynx golf, mm. you go, okay, to that bunker and this green's doing this and this. But he would chart greens 40, 50 yards short of the green, seeing, okay, there's a mound there that's going to go left to right. That one's right to left. That yeah. one's flat. Interesting. Because he was playing the ball along the ground and he would use those slopes to his advantage. Yeah. And you would never see that anywhere else in the world. And the other thing I loved about it was when you play courses like the old course at St. Andrews, yeah. for example, it's hard to tell sometimes when the fairway ends and when the green yeah, starts. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's right. It's the same grass. Yeah. It's just a, it's exactly just a different, to your point. It's a different level cut. Yeah. That's all. And there, I mean, they have 80, 80 yard length greens, and mm. you can have it's a six club green. Yeah, it's crazy. Like the par five, the, the fifth hole. Yeah, I think a- it is. The other thing too I, I like about it um, is that the greens don't run at twelve or thirteen. They actually run at 10. 10 or 11, maybe. 10 or 11. Mm, yep. and, and they can put the pins in some really interesting spots to where if the greens were running at 12 or 13 and that, you know, like a four or five club win got up like we saw at the Scottish Open mm. in North Berwick uh, uh, this week. It's a shame they moved those tee times oh. early. Wouldn't wouldn't have been fun if they were playing in 50 mile an hour wind. It would have been fantastic. <laughs> it would have been unplayable. But for us to actually watch it... yeah. Uh, at a much earlier time, so we didn't have to start until midnight. That's true. Uh, but it, it, it was it was it was really really, yeah, terrific to watch. Can we talk about the Scottish Open? No, because we have to. Mm. what Bob McIntyre did and and what Rory McIlroy did, like Bob, Robert, he had so far left a block. Sorry, he's left hander. Yeah, off the tee on a eighteen. Huge block. Finds his ball and it's reasonable. And he's got a fairway wood in his hand, and he's hit it. To four feet. To, and what he thought must have been, I'm going to win this tournament. So, incredible. And then Rory misses the birdie on 16. Like, a gimme par five for everybody else in the field. And then hits, what, the two best iron shots of the week. And, and, and of the, his year, I think. Of the year. Mm. And the two iron into the last. He had four iron in his hand. Yeah. Got this new two iron in the bag. Bent it to 17 degrees, which is kind of the old one iron. Uh, for him to do what he did... And, and hit it to 10 feet was good. Now, I want to ask you... Now, look, you've got to look me in the eye when I ask you this question. Okay. Did he hit a bad putt? Yes. On, on the 72nd? Well, he didn't think it was in, did he? He didn't think it was he in. He didn't think it was in. Especially from his reaction. Because halfway down, he's... he's kind of, Because, you know, when you're making a putt, yeah. you've got a putt to win a tournament. Halfway down, if you're watching it, you're like this. You're intent. I mean, I know he's this way. Yeah. Remember the old yeah, he, he, tilt. He, he, but... Halfway down, he sort of stands up and looks at it sideways, and he thought, ah, it's missing left. Yeah. And his reaction when it went in, you could see him laughing, going to his caddy. Yep. Somehow that thing went in. Thank you. Yeah. I'll, I'll take it. Yeah. And earlier on in the round, he did the same thing. He did the early walk, but he did an early walk for missing a par putt on 12, the par three, and somehow it lipped in. So he got pretty lucky on those two. I wasn't sure. I wanted to ask you because I saw an interview he did after the round, and he said he had a good part. Well, he but, might have. But... But it broke he, early. He didn't think it was in. He, he hit it. He, he he didn't think that was in. Yeah. There's no way. No. You can tell by that reaction. He There's just no thought, way. Mm, that one's going left. I'm, what am I going to have coming back type reaction? Yeah. But the to your point, the, the two iron shots he hit on 17 and 18, he had a beautiful five-iron punch under the wind, 
what was that, about six feet, yep. I think. Rolled the putt in nicely yep. there. Needed that, obviously. And then on 18, par for a playoff. Mm. I mean, the, I, I feel for Rob McEnt- uh, Bob McIntyre because no Scott has won this tournament since 1999. Here's a stat you may think, hang on. Who was it? Rory McIlroy. Yeah. Never won in Scotland. Yeah, Can you believe that? No, I couldn't. His British it. Open was yeah. at Hoy Lake, so that's uh, in the UK, in yeah. in England. But uh, he's never won a Scottish Open. Hasn't won a Dunhill Links somehow. I mean, I'm sure I thought he'd won one of those, but but he hasn't. Uh, and he's 18 years trying, so this is his first win in Scotland. And I feel for Bob because there's nothing like winning your National Open. And yeah. to get back to that two iron that he hit on the last four iron in his hand, he was trying to hit a low draw. You don't want to go at it hard when into the breeze like that. And he made the ideal choice. Two iron. The commentators were actually going, I think this is too much club, mm. but he hit the right shot. He hit a cut into the wind, and obviously the rest is history. Yeah, it's mm. nice when a new club goes in the bag and something <laughs> magical happens. How often? The, oh. I mean, honestly. That could become his favourite club at Hoylake because Tiger Woods. Remember, yes, did the same thing. Remember 2006, just hit two irons off the tee all day long. So I remember what happened. I, I remember watching him in the tournament beforehand in Chicago when he won that at Hoylake. Okay. And he could not find the golf course with his driver. Remember when Tiger had the real driving issue, where he he, he was the best iron player in the world, and he just he couldn't he couldn't find a fairway like Adam Scott could find a fairway. He couldn't find a fairway like Ernie Els could find fairways. And it was the only issue in his in his bag. He came second that week, and and couldn't like he had the worst driving stats. And then I remember reading about Steve Williams, and Steve Williams said. If I have my way, he won't hit one driver this week. And I thought to myself, I'm getting on. (laughs) (laughs) Because I know if Steve Williams says that, then he's not. He actually hit one driver for the whole week and he won by a million miles, didn't he? And that driver went two fairways wide, by the way. Did it really? Yeah, it was a nightmare. But he put on the best ball striking, long iron ball striking display for the rest of the week. I played that week. I think I missed the cut, but... You either had to hit driver and take on fairway bunkers yep. or lay back short of them, which he did all week, but he's hitting four irons, five irons, where a lot of guys are hitting shorter irons in, but they were taking on the bunkers. If you go on those bunkers, it's a one-shot penalty because mm. you've pretty much got to come out sideways. So he put on a clinic and what he was the by? deserved winner. He won by a mile, didn't he? Like four or five shots He won by crazy. a few. I know Rory won by four or five as well around there, but the course was much softer when Rory played and he played it more through the air. Hopefully... They get a bit more sun and a bit more mm. wind, but I think there might be a bit of rain in the forecast. One of my pet peeves, one of my pet peeves, is when people design a links course in the middle of nowhere, <laughs> and they try and call it a links course. Can, I, can we just get this clear, folks? The number one thing for a links course, if you're going to call it a links course, it has to play like a links course. Mm. That's number one. Number two. Now, I've heard a thousand different explanations why Lynx Golf is called Lynx Golf, but I'll give you the best one that I've heard and the one that makes sense to me. And I want to know, because you've probably heard the same thing. There is the ocean and then there is farmland and then there is this stuff they call Lynx Land. And Lynx Land is what links the ocean to farmland. Yeah. Right. So that's why they played on Lynx Golf Courses because you can't farm that land. So the other thing, if you're going to have a Lynx golf course, it's got to be on Lynx land. <laughs> you, can't, you can't put a golf course in the middle of nowhere, put some pot bunkers around the joint and call it a Lynx golf course. No. It becomes a joke. You it's have to just be able to, stupid. You have to be able to see the ocean, I would have thought. 
got to be able to see it. Or at least hear it. you got to be able to hear it. you got to be able to smell it. Yeah. It's got to play like a Lynx golf course. It's got to be on Lynx land. Yeah. And talking, Lynx golf brings back old school golf. Did you see Rory hitting persimmon? Oh, the persimmon wood earlier wasn't in, in the great week. To see. It was so good. I got the numbers here. Somewhere. Yeah, go on, get them. I, get, I, get I, them up. I, I got to find it. But so, hit- folks, if you don't know what we're talking about, while well, you're getting the numbers, if you don't know what we're talking about, they do it every once in a while. Uh, they'll get the track man on a tee, and they'll give one of the best players in the world a persimmon club with a steel shaft. Um, you know, screws in the face of it, sawn lines. You know, they actually made those lines with a saw mm. that you would cut. Yeah. You know, a, a piece Put of wood in to there. make a doghouse, right? <laughs> so good. That's what that's what they would cut it with. Anyway, they gave Rory, uh, and what were the numbers? Which one are you going to first? Persimmon numbers first, or I'll, I'll go persimmon first. And he's using the modern golf ball. TP, okay. well, he's a TP five man, yeah. One hundred and sixty nine mile an hour ball speed. Quick. Get get this forty four hundred RPM. So a lot of spin. Lots of spin. Two hundred eighty five point seven yards. That was the total carry, I think. Was that carry? I thought it was 265-yard carry. Oh, yeah, yeah. Sorry, that's total, 285. Modern driver, which he uses, you can add another 55 yards onto that drive. That goes to show... The no- and the numbers was 181 mile per hour ball speed, and the biggest difference, less than half RPMs. So it's the spin. Yeah. It's the spin they put right. on the ball. That's right. That, that is exactly right. And we've spoken about this in previous ones. Put more spin on the golf ball, and guess what? And away you go. Away and you and go. If you haven't listened to some of our podcasts, I, 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 when I was uh, with Taylor Maiden, this is a long time ago, uh, they were telling the story to everybody who would listen that DJ, Dustin Johnson, He'd hit the TP5 and the TP5X, and the track man said it was 12 steps difference in carry. So it just shows you mm. that exponentially, you you and I, at our 102-mile-an-hour clubhead speed <laughs> these days, you and I, <laughs> the we, most. <laughs> we wouldn't notice the difference between a TP5 and a TP5X or a Pro V1 and a Pro V1X or whatever. We, we wouldn't. But if your clubhead speed is at 120 miles per hour plus then it really does give you an extra 12 steps. It certainly does. You were saying before that uh, it might become his new favourite club after the Scottish Open. Do you guys have a club that you played with that you just knew if you used that, if it was the right shot, yeah. you'd never miss? I, you'd, I told you that last week. The, the, the Mizuno three wood oh, had it cut down and down and down and down. I had it for as long as I could and I caved the face in of the thing before it went. That was my favourite club ever. Beautiful. Well, again, I, I love my uh, my ping drivers, and I had one. It was the i twenty mm. before the model I've got now, which is a G four hundred. Um, and they've got more models since. But this club, I used to just I couldn't miss a fairway almost. It didn't go very far, but <laughs> but yeah. I couldn't miss a fairway. And I loved it on those tight holes. You had out of bounds left, water right, and I just boom, little straight yeah. one up the middle. By the way, my Titleist T one hundred S irons right now are just absolutely sensational. I bet they are now. And the one fifty is coming out going to be even better. One other thing with yes. the Scottish. Open. Did you see the Sam Burns incident? No. The, the ruling. Oh, yes. the yeah, ruling. Now, now I, I didn't understand this ruling. So mm. he hit a shot into a layered bunker. So if you don't know what I'm talking about, quite often... Revetted. Mm. That's it. They, they, will, they will layer a bunker, they call it revetted, um, with sods of grass. Mm-hmm. And quite often there'd be 20, 25 sods. And that's how they make it look the way they make them look. And he hit a shot into it, and it just didn't. It, it went into the face and just stayed there. So, what was he trying to do, Nick? Because I didn't understand the ruling when it was being. I think the explained. top, the top layer, there was like a seam. 
I believe. And the seam, if it was in the way of his follow-through or something like right. that, you had relief from that. And the rules official said, look, if this was anywhere else on the golf course, we'd probably give him relief. In the yeah. end, he didn't get relief. So I was a little confused about it myself. But when he actually played the shot, he never came close to hitting the seam and the ball. It bounced back into the bunker yeah. and yeah, cost so him a because, couple of shots. Because the ball wasn't in sand, it was in this... That's not what part of the bunker. It's, it's not part of the bunker. Yeah. But there was a local rule suggesting that if you were in a gap in a sodded area that was fixed up. Something like that. Yeah. If it would get a drop. If he'd have buried in that face, he would have got a free relief. But What like, are you making on that hole? I don't know. Maybe a big a seven number. or an eight or something. I don't, I don't know number. what he made, but it, it cost him the golf tournament. And the other guy who was up there again, mm. Scotty Scheffler, tied for third. He's a machine, that yeah. guy. He's ball striking. He hasn't been outside the top 12 in the last 19 starts. Just mm. think about that. Crazy. Got, if he if he gets his putter going, it's over. He's got great footwork. Great <laughs> ah, there you go. Great footwork. Hey, just watching the, the, the National Open, the Scottish Open. Mm. We've got a um, British Open next week, which isn't really a National Open, but it's a very, very important Open. Um, you've got German Opens, you've got Italian Opens, you've got Australian Opens. In a perfect world... Mm. With the PIF money, would it be just sensational if all the big national opens became more significant world golf? If, if I'm in charge, that's what I'm doing. If, if, I, if I'm in there next to Jay Monaghan and I say, Jay, shut up. All right, just shut up for a little <laughs> while. <laughs> Let's just talk some sense here, all right? If we're going to make some big tournaments and use some money, why don't we have a world tour? And use the most special places on in those nations to play, mm. and let's let's get some of the best players down there to play. Let, let's try and fill, you know, fifty of the top one hundred players coming down to play in the Australian Open, fifty to go and play the Italian Open, Wales, Scotland, Irish Open, where else? China Open. I don't care. We're, I don't care. But if if they re- if they really mean what they say which is we're going to open up golf to the rest of the world to get the PIF money behind national opens is a no brainer men and women for sure yeah it's kind of a no brainer the the thing I heard earlier in the week, uh, someone comment about, and I, I love this idea, is to get about a four-week PGA Tour swing around that British Open. So you go Irish Open, yep. Scottish Open, yep. British Open, then so out, and then after that, somewhere in Europe, like a German or a Spanish or a French Open, and you have these four weeks on the best four golf courses you can find. I so what do you imagine, call it? A European swing? Well, European swing of the PGA Tour. Because yeah. they're looking, what have, what have they got? This uh, partnership at the moment. And yeah. they played the Scottish Open. That's part of the PGA Tour. Yeah. You've obviously got the Open Championship. But you need to almost book in those two, I think, and really make it Lynx golf leading up into the British Open so that these players are playing that style of golf for several weeks rather than just one or two weeks of the year. What was the tournament was, that was on this week that was the secondary tournament? The Barbasol. The, the, the Barbasol. Mm. So would that mean that the DP World Tour might travel to America and play they were playing the Barbasol? They were playing over there. So the guys, who didn't get, the guys who didn't get into the Scottish Open on the DP World Tour, they went over there and played. Jason Scribner, yep. he was over there playing. Um, mate of mine, Soren Kelson was over there. That makes sense, mm. doesn't it? So they're, they're you know, they they got this partnership going. You go here, yep. you go there, which is which is a great idea. So, I I know the PI, I know they want to help women's golf. I know I, don't ask me, I know that, but I'm telling you, 
I know it. Well, they've been the Aramco for how yep. long? So, for so long. With for the ladies' so European tour? So I, I, I think the LPGA, I think they're going to get a world tour. It's as simple as that. They're just going to get the best players. There's not going to be a secondary tour. The secondary tour might be the one um, where some of our younger players are playing right now. Um, and and th- that's their qualification to get on this LPGA world right. tour. But I love your idea about having a European swing. And then, you know, if 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 the FedEx Cup finishes up in September and then you play a President's Cup or a Ryder Cup, then you've got October, November, December mm. to play six or seven national opens. Love it. Around the west, yep. rest of the world, it southern hemis- makes well, sense, doesn't South it? South Africa, yeah. As you say, you've got these national opens in the southern hemisphere. Let's play those, yeah, in that time of the year at their best courses. What's, what's the French Open? Where would, where would you play? Oh, that? what's that? Morfontaine? Yeah, oh. yeah. I mean, I've never been there. I hear it's just incredible. Incredible. The one where it's at Le Golf National. I mean, no, it's, no, yeah, no. Don't, don't play. <laughs> Good there. stadium course, but great, great for the Ryder Cup. Yeah, exactly. Tick, tick it off for the Ryder Cup. For sure. But for their National Open, let's yeah. play the best courses at Well, it's even the Scottish nations. Open. Was it Renaissance? That's a modern links. Down the road, they've got Murfield, North Berwick. I mean, whether they have the infrastructure for North Berwick, I doubt it. Maybe a bit too short. But mm. wouldn't it be great to see the Scottish Open at Murfield yeah. every now and then? Side note, I, I missed the second stage of the European Tour School by a shot at Renaissance Club years oh, ago. Oh, yeah. I, okay. I, I stole three towels from, <laughs> from the uh, from the joint, and they're the, still the most beautiful towels I've got at home. They still got them. I've still got them. I, they're my gym towels. So if you see me at the gym, anybody, and I've got pink <laughs> towels, they've come straight from Renaissance Club <laughs> from 25 years ago. <laughs> All right, let's, uh, let's just put out here on the 9th. After, uh, straight away on the 10th tee, we've got a caller, Berkey from Bunningyong. He uh, came in last week, wants to know uh, something from you. So we'll get okay. that in a tick. Sounds good. And we've got all the other regulars too. Coming up next. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewellery from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hey, Nick, I know you've heard of the Watch My Numbers app. It is brand new and it is going to dominate the golf app scene for a long, long time. If you want to improve your game, you need to know the areas you're doing well in and where you need to improve. And this app will tell you exactly that, Nick. Yeah, you're spot on, Mark. It's the most powerful database golf app in the world and it helps analyze and improve your game like never before because it uses real-time data from your rounds and highlights the areas of your game that you want to look at. You get actionable and usable info in minutes, not hours. That's really important. It's easy to use. You can set up your profile very quickly. I've done mine. And start accessing data and subscriber-only content straight away. Hmm. Who's it aimed at? Well, it's aimed at people who want to improve their game. It's for all levels of every golfer out there, particularly powerful if you're a mid to low handicapper, but it's great for the elite level and pros as well. So elite and pros as well, I like that. Watch my numbers, download it from the App Store and turn your bogeys in the birdies. Like the podcast? Maybe tell a friend, drop them a text or share it on your socials. 
This is Talk Birdie to Me with Nick O'Hearn and Mark Allen. Righto, we're in the Peter Thompson room at Golf Headquarters here in Australia. It's a, it's a beautiful room and it's still lacking your book, Nick. Mm. I saw your, your book yesterday, actually. Did you? Yeah, it's, it's next to my bed. I've read, I've read about half of it. It's quite okay. good. Okay. It's well, not bad. Well, I haven't read the other half. It's quite good. Okay. Thanks, it is. Mate. It's quite good. It's a very <laughs> underwhelming recommendation. I'm it is. telling you, it's quite good. Now, it's very, very soon, we're going to get to Berkey from Bunningyong. Okay. So um, we're changing things up a little bit. He's going to ask the masterclass I like it. question. Okay. Uh, we've got the feedback to get through as well. What else have we got? The results? Results. Yeah, I want to get the and results. And your top five. Well. Hello, Shane speaking. Shane, or Berkey from Bunningyong. G'day. Uh, it's Mark Allen. It's Mark Allen and Nico Hearn. How are you? <laughs> good day, guys. How are you? Yeah, we're well. Good, hey, good, thanks mate. for sending in your question, but uh, I want you to ask it again. Yeah, I had a question about putting in um, windy conditions. Perfect. Not a bad, not a bad question considering what we saw at the Scottish Open. That was, that's that's perfect yeah. timing, I think. Yeah, actually, uh, Berkey, one thing that really I struggled with with the long putter when I used a broomstick was putting in in those windy conditions. Yeah, how I was, hard was that? It was really tough. I, I, I wish I'd have used a short putter back then when I was playing those British yeah. Opens or Scottish events and things like that. But but it, you just got to get used to it. And first and foremost, it's a lot of it is in the setup. I would recommend widening your stance quite a bit so that you get that nice lower body stable base because the wind's going to buffet you around a little bit. The other thing I would say is maybe just lean into your lead leg. So if you're right-handed, just lead a little bit of weight into that left leg. Again, that'll provide a little bit of stability and sort of get you a bit more on top of the ball. And then lastly, with the putting stroke, something I used to like doing was to just speed up the tempo of my stroke a little bit because if you have a very slow backswing, the wind can sort of buffet the uh, putter face around and then all of a sudden your path goes all over the place. So if you have a slightly faster tempo, Try and match the backswing and the follow-through in that speed. Uh, that'll just roll the ball nicely on those um, windy conditions. And then the other thing you've got to do is factor in the wind on the break. Mm. So if you've got a right-to-left putt and the wind's out the right, well, guess what? You've got to aim it a little bit further out to the right. But when you are putting the, in the wind, don't worry too much about holding the putts. Just trying to get those longer ones within that two, three-feet circle so they become a little less stressful. Hopefully that makes sense to you. And I will put a video out for you a bit later too, Shane. Oh, very good. No, very helpful. Hey, Shane, how's your golf? What are you playing off? Uh, two at the moment. That's not bad. Uh, I have a lot of trouble with the wind. Um, I'm only lightweight, so I get blown around a bit. <laughs> right where, here. Where is Bunninyong, by the way? Yeah, where is it? Uh, it's up near Ballarat, so good little track. Yeah, just a little bit south of Ballarat. Okay. Thank you, Dave. Beautiful. All right, Berkey, we'll have uh, fun, mate, you. and hopefully you can get down to scratch. Let us know if you do. We'll be uh, aiming for that, but yeah. All right, well, <laughs> yeah, make sure you do. Make sure you do. Thanks, guys. Love the show. Good on you. It's Great mighty, to chat. Mighty effort getting down the two. Oh. Uh, if, if, you, if you didn't play golf um, like you and I did as kids and you weren't playing every day later on, I reckon getting the scratch is one of the great things in sport that he can do. Well, uh, hang on. Single figures. What was the stat? Is it like 1% of golfers are in single figures? Yes. Is that, that right? That is correct. In fact, if you regularly shoot in the 80s, you're in the top 5% of golfers on earth. Wow. Okay. It's just shooting in the 80s. There's hope for you, Dan. I've got a fair way to go for that. Time for some feedback, Dan. Okay. We've got, we've got a bit of feedback. Got? Well, we've got a fair bit this week, actually. Uh, so here we go. This is from Mick Golfer. Now, right. Mick has said, G'day, Nick and Mark. Just watching the Scottish Open. Every time Brian Harmon appears, I have to look away. Can you please explain mm. the twitching he demonstrates during his pre-shot routine 
Why does he do it? I find it irritating. Oh, he looks a lot like Ricky Ponting as well, which is irritating. <laughs> <laughs> I like Ricky, but okay. I, just, I don't want him. I don't want this guy. I don't want Ricky to be portrayed as this dude. Um, it's an unusual left-handed swing. You're, you're probably in a better position to talk us through it. I'm thinking they're talking about the amount of looks at the target yes. and the, the twitching of the hands, and think, yes. it drives me nuts too. It's 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 as though he, he doesn't really know what he's doing, it's and he's quite uh, non-committed to be honest. So that's. If he does it, look. If he has, if he has eight looks every single time, well, then that's his routine. But I don't think he does. I think he just has enough looks to, until he's ready. Mm. It's a bit like watching Novak Djokovic serve in tennis and mm. that sort of a thing, where he takes all these bounces. You don't know how many he's going to take. So I think in that regard, pre-shot routine, you really want to have that consistency. And I really struggle to look at it as well. So yeah. Yeah. I'm with you. Speaking of Novak, it'd be handy uh, if we could have a, uh, uh, what do you call it, a, a chair umpire come in every once in a while <laughs> and, and penalise a point like uh, Novak got oh. in the men's final. Exactly. Is he, uh, you reckon that guy Brian Harmon's as annoying as Keegan Bradley? No. <laughs> no, Keegan's number one. Yeah, okay. Well, number one. What do you got? Josh Bennett has written in. He doesn't yeah. agree. Okay. Josh has said, if you want to see what Keegan Bradley's like off course, watch the YouTube video on uh, the Bob Does Sports channel. You see he's a good guy. Yeah, no, I've seen it, actually. Someone sent that to me. It might have been, what's his name? Might have been, it might have been Josh. might have been Joshy. Someone sent it to me. He, like, he looks like a great guy. Yeah, I'm sure I mean, he is. They, 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 most of them are. He's just most annoying of, on the golf course. He's just annoying <laughs> and a very, very hard watch. That's it is. all. It is. So you guys talking about gimmies last week. Uh, Bradle 72 has written in, never in a comp or when it counts towards a handicap score. Okay. Yeah. yeah it's the way, look, that, a lot of people, that's fine, and that's the way you play golf. Um, I knew this would get a bit of feedback. Last week, I, I reckon it's okay. If if that, if that it is literally unmissable and it's in a stable for a par comp, I'm still happy for it to happen if everybody's in, in your group. You've all got to be in. If it's so easy, what about Nick's feedback last week? Yeah, Nick said, if it's so easy, why don't you just shoot it in? Yeah, yeah. I, I know. It was just, it's so much quicker. The game just goes quicker. That's all. It's very social and goes quicker. But I agree that if it's a stroke round. Yes. In a stroke round, everything goes in. That I should have said that last week. I didn't. Stroke rounds or monthly medals or club <laughs> championships, everything goes in. But if you're messing around with a Stalford comp or a park comp and you're tapping away one-foot putts, I'm not going to call the manager. Okay. Yeah. Anyway. Someone's on. had a wacky you here, Nick. Oh, uh, a whack at me. Good. Yeah, a bit of a whack at you. This okay. is regarding the video. So we put a video on socials last week of you shooting, uh, uh, you playing a shot right-handed. Uh, oh, the chipping yeah. around uh, Kingston Heath. It was very annoying. Yeah. <laughs> Legend of Sunshine has written in and said, Nick Ohu is just showing off now. He is. Oh. And I think it's true. Yeah, I think it's true too. Well, he grabbed, he, my, he grabbed he my long wedge and said, <laughs> watch this. <laughs> <laughs> that is a load of bollocks and you know it. <laughs> I'm just glad I didn't shank it. It was a very good shot. I, I wish you did. That would have oh. been great. That would have been hilarious actually. Yeah, been Some more feedback on Masterclasses, by the way. Uh, this is a question for you guys actually from Encanton GBR. Uh, do you know if GBR is Great Britain? Could be. Yeah. Yep. I reckon it would be. Tick. I lo- this is on your Masterclass last week, Marco. Mm-hmm. I-, I love the subtle, not so subtle dig at Paul Gow. Are you thinking, by the way, mm. harder swing or faster at the bottom when you say pop it? Well, I think if actually if you want to hit the ball further, at some stage you've got to go a little harder. So that's everything. That's your body turning through. That's your hands going through. That's the whole lot. That's, you've, got, you've, got, you've got to pop it. And um, you don't want to go full lunatic. Hello, Paul Gow. He listens every week, by the way, Paul Oh, Gow. good. Uh, you don't want to go full lunatic too often. Not too often. Just once, once around, really. 
That's it. That's your limit yeah. going forward. Maybe downwind and downhill. Yeah. When a wide open fairway. Wide open fairway. <laughs> Go full lunatic. <laughs> <laughs> Two more bits of feedback here. This is one for you, Nick. Uh, hey there, guys. Really enjoying the podcast. Just watching some of the Scottish Open first round last week, I thought Rory may have taken on some of your tips about tilting his head and pulling the trigger more quickly on his putts. It looked a bit like it, and he was dropping some good putts. Yeah, he, he look, he's putting. I think he takes two, maybe three looks now. He used to take four or maybe even more. His full swing, he's still taken too many. Yeah. I think two looks for him with his full swing would be fantastic. He did just win the Scottish Open, though, so I yeah. think it's whatever's working for him he yeah. probably should stick with. But, but to me, I think he'd play even better yeah. if he just reacted more. Oh, I'm with you. And, and by the way, uh, he doesn't take nearly as much time in rounds one or two than he does in rounds three or four. I've noticed this. Really? Okay. Yeah. I haven't really watched the last I opening rounds. I had a good look at the Scottish Open this week because it was uh, on the, uh, at the right time. And it was almost practice round one, round one and two sort of stuff. Then as and that's the when he week, shoots the low ones. That's when he shoots the low ones. Oh, yeah. well, there you go. Yeah, I'm with you. Last bit of feedback, and I think this is the most important one of the week. The most important piece of feedback of the week. Okay. Hey, fellas, you spoke about a nice Chardonnay from Shadowfax you were drinking recently. Mm. Can you tell me which one it was? As they have three different ones, and I want to get it. Many thanks. Love the show. There you go. That's they, from uh, Neil Dyson, by the way. They do have three Chardonnays. They have one from Midhill, one from Geelong, and one from the Macedon Ranges. Which, which one did we have? Macedon. Macedon Range Chardonnay. Fabulous drop. It was so nice. It was, yeah. like, I'm not a big but, wine, but, but to that be honest, was easy to drink. All three are really good, but that one was yeah. special. Nice. That's it. Right okay. uh, Time for some results. So uh, I saw uh, Steph Kiriakou uh, in the last group with Lynn Grant. Uh, didn't quite finish second, but mm. she had a really, really good week. Well, I, I texted you, I think, early in the week when I saw Lynn Grant's golf swing, and, yep. and I said, this has got to go into your top five, but apparently it was already there. It was already there. Cause, I'll kick someone oh, out and put her in at two and three. She is very, very impressive. But she shot a final, Lynn, Lynn Grant, final round 68 to win by three from yep. Alison Corpus, who just yeah. won the uh, US, US Open. Open. She had a 65 to finish. Now, Lynn Grant, she was on 59, watch, by the way, in round mm. three. She was nine under through 12, I think. Yep. And then a spectator came up to her and said, hey, do you think you can shoot 59? Oh, are, you, are you joking? No. <laughs> and I guess didn't know what? that. Guess what? She started thinking to herself, oh, maybe I can. She should have been ejected <laughs> from the course, that lady. Well, I don't you know if it was a lady or a man. I, I'm not sure oh it was a spectator. but uh, that no, was... no woman has shot 59 yet. Annika. Oh, no, Hannah. Annika. 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 Sorry. Anyway, um, one. great win for the Swede because she's won five times in Europe. One of those was a mixed event. Mm. Remember the Scandinavian yep. mix where she yep. won by nine shots, yep. by the Beat way. Beat the blokes by nine shots. Well, she hits it further than a lot of the blokes, so that always helps. Yeah, uh, by the way, Steph Kiriaki was not going to pass her the whole day. Was she? Yes. Wow. Little Steph. Steph's getting it yeah. out there. Anyway, then, so. anyway, but Steph finished here, tied fourth. Um, you said she struggled coming in late. I didn't see the golf, but she, apparently she learned a lot about her nerves and the mm. mental game, so she'll take that into future She made a mess of 17. Did she? Yeah, she, okay. she could have finished birdie birdie. Oh, right, okay. She finished bogey birdie. Okay. So, well, yeah. Look, a good last hole after mm. messing up 17, but fantastic to see her up near the top. Minji Lee, another top 10, tied 7th. You needed that at the US Open, didn't oh, you, for, you, for your yeah, bet? Yeah, yeah. Right. Uh, another solid result from Grace Kim, 11th. Uh, Gabby Ruffles tied 23rd. Come on, Gabby. Really good result on, against... Grace. Well, I want to see them both play well. Yeah, well, they've both basically locked up their cards for next week, obviously. Uh, we forgot to mention uh, Minwoo Lee and Lucas Herbert at the Scottish. Minwoo tied for 35. Very steady, though. He had rounds of 68, 69, 69, mm. 70, so mm. that's good form. Yep. Lucas Herbert tied 60th. Uh, at the Barbasol event, the opposite event, uh, a couple of the Aussies that made with the cut were Cameron Percy tied 16th. Yep. 
which is a good result for him. Moves him to around 140 in the FedEx Cup. He needs that. Yep. Scrivener tied 40th. Uh, Greg Chalmers, 66th. And I don't know if you saw the end of that, but uh, the guy who won, Swede Vincent Norman, mm. one-shot lead play in the last, made an absolute mess of the final hole. Ends up hitting a Rory putt, <laughs> one that he, that looking like missing all day long for bogey, an eight-footer for bogey, lips it in and then wins on the playoff. So. Just made a par on the playoff hole too, I saw. He did, yeah. yeah okay. Beat uh, England's Nathan... Kimsky, I believe. And exactly. Champions Tour, Steve Stricker. Again, another mention on this show. <laughs> Third major this year. Thank you very much. They're playing Firestone. Wow. Have you ever played Firestone? No. Terrible golf course. Don't oh, go. Well, thank you no, for clearing horrible. that up. I hated that golf course. <laughs> because every time I saw Tiger win on how many times did he win there? About eight times? Oh, Something too many. Crazy. Yeah. I thought, wow, I want to play this joint. And then they you know, they kept on talking about the, the Firestone company just mm. built it for their workers, yeah. built a 36-hole joint just for the workers. And every time I went there, or every time, I never went there, every time I was on the telly, yeah. I'm like, wow, this looks like an interesting place to play. But you're about the third person who said it's mm. no good. It's a brutal golf course. Every par four is long and slight dog leg. And if you miss the fairway by a metre, you're, you're done, basically. Yeah. But a couple of the Aussies did well. Uh, Mark Hensby tied 16th. Uh, sorry, uh, tied 21st. Mm. And who was 16th? That was Pampling. Pamps, yep. he did pretty well. Greenberg? What about Richard uh, Green? Tied th 35th. Not bad. So, yeah, not too bad. That was uh, So that's his seventh major, third this year for Stricker. Yeah, as you do, not too bad. And then uh, we were talking about Aramco on the PIF, so on the mm. ladies' European tour, Nelly Corder had a nice four-shot win business. over Charlie Hull. That was the uh, Piff London event. Did you see Charlie Hull had a 10 and still shot 68 or 500 or something? She had a 10 I on a par that. 5 <laughs> and she still shot 68. And yeah, she had 10 birdies. I think she yeah. might have shot 67, actually. See, well, <laughs> it was unbelievable. It was unbelievable. Yeah. It, was, it was unbelievable. Uh, very impressive. All right, time for the top five. So last week, what is it? Well, last week <laughs> we were asked about crazy routines before hitting. Yes, that's right. Crazy rehearsals. Ooh. So uh, we were talking about what you see in somebody's practice swing or rehearsal right before they hit. Some of them look absolutely ridiculous, and then when the ball's in front of them, the swing looks quite straightforward and normal. And we we talk about this a lot. What is feel and real? quite often two totally different things so we're going to go with the craziest rehearsals ever seen in golf so we're talking practice swings before you get into the ball the practice swing rehearsal yes as opposed to the golf swing so you can see so. what they're working on you can <laughs> see what they're actually trying to feel when this the ball is there this should be good number five Corey Pavin it's yes. the first time we ever saw it, someone trying to loop a big figure eight outside, inside on the way back, outside on the way down, much worse than anything that's ever been seen. And then the ball was there and he goes straight up and straight down and he just striped the ball. So Corey Paper, number five. I played my first round, I might have mentioned this before, at first time I ever played Colonial. Yeah. And I played with Corey Pavin. And all I did was just watch what he did because he owned that place. Yeah, and did. it was so good to watch. How many of those tartan jackets? He, he won a couple, I reckon. I think he did. Yeah, yeah, he won a couple. Number four, you'll be disappointed. But Alex Noren. I'll be disappointed. Yeah, because you're, you told me he's got the worst ever. So I've got him oh, at number four. Well, <laughs> I've got him at it's not the four. worst. It's just the most drastic I've seen. I've never seen anyone exit left on the follow-through <laughs> in their practice swing like this bloke. It is a joke. Yeah. 
And that results into the biggest divots in the history <laughs> of golf every time he hits a golf ball. And the divot goes left. Yeah. If you want to learn how to hit a punch cut, three-quarter, whatever, left, yeah. left to right fade, there. just yeah. watch Alex Noren pre-shot. Anyway, he stripes it. Uh, mm-hmm. Dustin Rose at number Ooh, three. And, yes. and this is when he was going through that squat stage of his swing evolution where he would get to the top and it looks perfect and then he would literally bend his knees and stick his bum as far backwards as he possibly could and then just bring his arms down in front of his body then he'd quickly reset he'd almost he'd almost get the butt of the club on the ground that's it yeah that's it and then while he was trying to he would just go back to his setup hadn't moved his feet and make the most beautiful swing you've ever seen so what he was trying to do versus what he was actually doing, poles apart. Feel in reality. Okay, number two, two Australian kids okay. who I like and who are seeing a golf coach who I really rate, Bradley Hughes. Bride McPherson and Tom Power Horan oh, yeah. doing the no practice swing and they only do the follow through. Yes. Unusual. Never seen it before. I've tried it in my crazy days, trying to search for something that works. It actually teaches your body to go through correctly. And, you know, if, you, if you're prone to flipping through the ball, it's quite good there as well. But very unusual. It is. I've never seen mm. anything like it. It's like an equal number two, is it? Like two people. Yeah. Well, they're, do- they're both doing the same thing. Yeah, got it. Okay. Uh, this is my top five. I understand. Then. I understand. Uh, and my number one, craziness. What Jordan Spieth has been doing in the last, or maybe not lately, his swing actually looks really good at the moment. Could be, could win next week. Mm. Um, probably about three months ago, he had a six-month period of madness in in, in his in his rehearsal. Yeah, spaghetti arm going right. Spaghetti arm inside on the way back, over the top, <laughs> and then on the way down, laying the club off on the way down as well. And then he get up over the ball, and just goes straight up and straight down, and he's hitting good shots. There you go. Ridiculous. Mm. Anyway, there's my top five. Love it. That was a good one. What was the one thing in your golf swing? At the start of the show, I told you the one thing in my golf swing that I've hated for so, so long, and I couldn't get rid of it mm. until today when I threw out everything that I thought I knew in golf, and I did the complete opposite, and it's fixed it. Yep. Was there anything in your golf swing that you just, when you saw it, you just didn't like? Yes. So... Early on for me, my coach, Neil Simpson, used to say, look, the most important part about the golf swing is the transition. Transition from the backswing to the downswing, I called it the through swing. So that first move from the top. And we used to work on a little bump of the hip, little rotation, little turn, okay? Textbook. Yes, I would love to have it as textbook. (laughs) But for me, my first move was always arms would come down first, and I hated that. I hated it. I wanted my left hip being a left-handed golfer right hip for the right-handed golfer out there. Mm. I wanted that to move first. Right. A bit like if you watch the old Ben Hogan videos yeah. we were talking about earlier. Now, you can spin your hips out too early, but I could never do it. So that was my magic move. Whenever I did that nicely, it gave me great width mm. and it got me working my through swing from the ground up because that was the feeling I always wanted. I didn't want it from the top down. Do you that makes sense? Yeah, okay. And I'm, uh, no, don't take this the wrong way. Okay? Okay. Don't take it the wrong way. <laughs> like, do you think, oh. is it because you started down with your hands and arms, mm-hmm. do you think that, did you, is that one of the reasons why you think you might have lost distance? Yes. Okay. Yeah. I wanted that late, yeah. uh, late power, you know, yeah. that, that late snap. And I, I struggled with that. But Just I was never. Snap. 
Yeah, I was never the most powerful golfer, but it, it made me accurate, which was good, mm. obviously. But I always wanted that little hip shift. I mean, you watch Rory, for instance, they slow mo his. Oh, yeah, oh, I mean, the Tigers. twisting and the talk. Tiger. Tiger. Unbelievable. Yeah. Brilliant. It's where the power comes from. Mm. Always great to talk golf, Nick. See you next week. Cheers, mate. Oh, there it is. That's Nick O'Hearn and Mark Allen's podcast, Talk Birdie to Me. Now, if you haven't subscribed yet, make sure you hit subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts and you'll never miss an episode. And if you can share with a friend, well, that'll be awesome too. Talk Birdie to Me's executive producer is Dan Bradley at Kaizen Media. Sound design, Daryl Misson at loudzebra.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.